1: Good day, good day. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning Weekly Show here on Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden. We're going to jump right in to recapping the Pacers' previous week, the Indiana Pacers. They lost 113-103 to last Saturday against the Phoenix Suns. It was a pretty close game in the first half. Phoenix pulled away in the third. Indiana trying to claw their way back in the fourth quarter, but it was too little, too late. Suns win that one by 10. And then we move over to the game against the Pelicans to end this five-game road trip. The Pelicans and the Pacers have a very similar record as we had talked about, but this game was very close. The Indiana Pacers fall just short, 117-113. to But Dwayne Washington Jr. set a record for most three-pointers made by a rookie. He had seven of them. Uh, He scored 21 points off the bench, a very bright spot for him. Then the Pacers Went back home and and coming home off a road trip is always a tough game, but the Charlotte Hornets were in town and they were on the second half of a back-to-back, which I said last week on the show, they had not won a game when they had zero rest in between games. So that's just, you know, they were 0-8 at this point. So the the Hornets come in, they had played the Toronto Raptors, so traveling from out of the country to play Indiana for this game. Herb Simon's in attendance and yes, Chick-fil-A was debuting. With uh Pacer games for their first time, they had done a soft open in one of the Mad Ants games, but no, it was their first time to be open and Game Bertrude out for a Pacers game, and uh, that was the only bright spot of the game. As the Indiana Pacers lost 158 to 126, Herb Simon was in attendance for this game, got to see full on how good this Pacers team really is, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see what, what happens from that, but we will come back to this game. As we talk about that uh, later on in the show, but then last night Demonte Sabonis returns from his injury, in the Pacers win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team that is much worse than them fourteen and thirty four Pacers are eighteen and thirty two. After this win, they uh, they were led by Sabonis twenty four points, eighteen rebounds, and ten assists. Justin Holiday had a great night he had twenty two points on eight of twelve shooting, and then Jeremy Lamb and Oshae Brissett played pretty solid minutes off the bench, came from Lance Stevenson. And Terry Taylor played as well. He looked pretty good in his minutes as well. But the man that did not play well in 43 minutes, shot three of 19, one of seven from three. He did have seven rebounds, but he was a starting point guard, just had three assists. That was Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert did not play good in this game. So just uh, just another game that Karis LeVert looks like, yes, yeah, there could be wrong with him. I mean, he set out some games there with a cap injury. He returned against... Uh, The Hornets, I believe, was actually might have been it was the Pelicans he returned against. And, uh, you know, he's just had some up and down moments this year. So we'll we'll see what happens with him. And then Chris Duarte, unfortunately, uh, rolled his ankle on uh, on Dort's foot yesterday, stepped on it in the fourth quarter. He exited the game. Jeremy Lamb came in for him and Duarte uh, will have to monitor that injury going forward. But the Pacers do play the Dallas Mavericks tonight. We will see if Duarte plays. So we are going to step away now and bringing Michael J Focci for 5 with Focci next
2: All right everybody welcome back to 5 with Fachi we will be talking about five different things on a weekly basis could be 5 minutes it could be five you know best trade scenarios on um, this week we're going with the top 5 wins of the year so starting with uh, number 5 it's going to be the Jazz versus the Pacers this was a win that uh, it happened recently, and I feel like many of us did not expect it. The Pacers won 125-113. to 113. This was a game that you might best remember it by DeMontis Sabonis' career-high 42 points. He did it on 18-of-22 shooting. And you might also remember Born ready himself off the bench, 16 points, 14 assists. He does it on 7-of-12 shooting. It was a game that it was one of the few wins that, you know, at, during this time that just really seemed like the Pacers definitely were not going to get. But they ended up grinding that one out. Um, and that places at number five on our list. Moving over to number four, another win that you just couldn't have predicted. The Pacers take down the Lakers in Los Angeles. They win 111 to 104. They do it behind a triple double from Sabonis, who had 20 points. 12 rebounds and 10 assists. He does it on 9 of 12 shooting. But you're going to remember this win because it was the Karis LeVert 22-point explosion in the fourth quarter. He finishes the game with 30 points, nearly outscores the Lakers by himself in the fourth quarter. This was a time where the Pacers hadn't even won a game when trailing at halftime. They were 0 of 22, and they had therefore not won a game when trailing going into the fourth quarter it's always just a little bit sweeter beating LeBron James. So over there, I mean, that's something that uh, I know I was thrilled because we've been on the wrong end of quite a few LeBron losses. Number three on the season. Once again, the Pacers take down the Utah Jazz. They did it 111-100 to 100. at the time. The Jazz were undefeated at home. I mean, this throws it back to what feels like a lifetime ago. This was earlier on in the season. And in this game, you're going to remember this because this was the Miles Turner, Rudy Gobert skirmish, whatever you want to call it, the tassel. They got tied up. They're shoving each other. They're bear-hugging each other. It felt like a long time brewing. And that really swung the game open because the Pacers ended up closing it out. And at the time, it was a massive win. Malcolm Brogdon had 30 points in that game. I mean, there was ejections going on. Turner got ejected. Uh, I believe Chris Duarte actually got ejected there too. TJ McConnell off the bench with 21 points, eight rebounds and five assists. I mean, it was a game that was just, it was a pretty crazy game. It was a great win at the time and the Pacers really needed that win. Now you're going to see a common theme here. The Pacers needed all of these wins, but moving on to number two, the Pacers win 102-91 to against the Miami Heat. They started the season 0-2 when they had lost two games by, I believe it was one point. Uh, at this point, this game goes to overtime, and the Pacers crush the Heat in overtime. 16 points to just five for the Heat in overtime. Pacers get the win, but you're going to remember this because this is when the Pacers turn to Duarte for the win in regulation. Yeah, he didn't connect it, but it was still a massive moment for the Pacers. So this, this was a win that I know I didn't forget. I mean, it just felt like at the time, Pacers were 0-2, yet it felt like the season was on the line. So not to get dramatic, but that was one that it made me feel like, okay, okay, things are going to be all right. Pacers are in good hands. I mean, look at the heat now. They're in first place. But in the end, you know, it, it was short-lived. Uh, but in that game, a balanced effort, 19 points out of Chris Duarte, brogged him 18 points and 14 uh, rebounds. Sabonis with 17 and 12. O'Shea Brissett, his breakout game after not really playing much in the first two games, he had 18 points and nine rebounds. So that was really fun to see. But then moving on to the top win of the season, maybe I have recency bias, but it was the Pacers win over the Golden State Warriors last week. I mean, essentially none of the starters are are, are playing. I mean, none of the ideal starting five at least. And in that game, the Pacers responded. They beat a very good Golden State team in Oracle. Well, not Oracle anymore, but it was on the road. Uh, the Pacers win 121 to 117. Justin Holiday hits a massive three to force overtime, but you also had Tory Craig give you 12 and seven. You had Goga Bataze with 13, 9, and five, gets ejected in the game because that's just what he does. He's very chippy. Chris Duarte, 27 points. I mean, Kiefer Sykes gave you 10, so the whole starting lineup is in double figures. You also got 15-7 and out of Isaiah Jackson, his true first breakout performance. Even Jeremy Lamb chipped in 14 off the bench. It was a great win that no one expected in overtime and, and just one that it made you honestly open up your eyes and say there's some really good young talent on this Pacers team that they need to be playing more. So... That, that's what I took away from it. I, I took away that Goga and Isaiah Jackson are, are very talented players that need to see the court. So hope you enjoyed Five with Fachi this week. Make sure you tune in next week. And as always, we appreciate you guys.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. The
1: Indiana Pacers have four games this upcoming week, and I mentioned it just previously in the last segment, that the Pacers uh, will be on the road against the Mavericks Saturday night at 7 o'clock. We'll recap that game next week. But Rick Carlisle will be returning home to Dallas, uh, the team that he had just coached for the last 13 seasons. He was not able to coach against Dallas when they visited Indiana, but Indiana did get that win. And then the Pacers are back home on Monday. They get a chance to get redemption against the Los Angeles Clippers now we'll see if Nicholas Batum looks like you know Michael Jordan against the Pacers next time but uh that'll be a good game the, the Clippers have been playing a little bit better I think Ty is doing a great job out there with that team and then we got a really important game here we got the Orlando Magic versus the Indiana Pacers look the Magic are 10 and 40 that's going to be next Wednesday the Magic have not played well at all they are a team that's Kind of tanking, kind of rebuilding. They're a little bit of both here. They've got a good roster. They've got some good players on the team. So it'll be an interesting matchup. I think there might be more overall talent on the Magic team. Uh, and maybe five, six years, we'll, we'll see that come to fruition. But I think for this game right here, it's just going to be a good game for the Pacers. And then Friday night at home, the Chicago Bulls are back. If you remember the last time the Bulls were in Bankers Life Fieldhouse, DeMar DeRozan had a three to end the game and win it for the bulls they were down by two he had a three they went by one so pacers will probably want to get some revenge there but with that being said uh we're we're rapidly approaching the nba trade deadline so we'll see what happens here with this team as they've got less than two weeks away from that moment so uh this next coming week we could see some trades wouldn't bank on it but you never know Uh, if the pacers get a deal now they could make it so uh keep your eyes on that but yeah now let's go hear who the player of the week was this week from Michael J. Fachi and dive into the Rookie Report. It's time for your setting the pace player of the week. Brought to you by Smokin' Barrel Barbecue. They put their heart and soul into the food and
2: uh, I would love to eat there every day if I could. Open Thursday through Saturday at 11. Located at Camp Sertoma.
0: and Barrel Barbecue, baby. All good in this head.
2: and Barrel Barbecue, it's smoking good. For three. Got it! The and Harris LaVert has an eight point second quarter. Miles, Kronbach to tie it. He does! Tied at
0: 106! Warren lays it in and the foul. And yeah, one! Three day Scores. His opponent swept the throw down.
2: Here's another three.
0: Dwarfs Put oh! it on oh!
2: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Setting the Pace Player of the Week. We are highlighting games from January 22nd through January 26th. And for this week's Setting the Pace Player of the Week, we have Isaiah Jackson making his debut as the Setting the Pace Player of the Week in three games. Uh, On the week, Jackson averaged 9.6 points per game on 53% shooting. That went along with 3.6 rebounds per game, 1.6 blocks per game, and he even hit a three. He did this in just 16 minutes per game on the week and flashed a massive amount of potential. Whether it was blocking shots, finishing above the rim, playing defense, or even being able to distribute the ball, Jackson showed that he is just scratching the surface of his potential and in games where he registered over 13 minutes of playing time, guys he averaged 16 points per game and 5.5 rebounds. So yes it's a small sample size, but this this guy's showing he just needs to get on the court. So his best performance of the week was a 17.4 rebound, 2 assists, 1 steal and 1 block effort against Charlotte, where he shot 5 of 9 from the field and 1 of 1 from 3 that is all for our Setting the Pace Player of the Week. As mentioned, Isaiah Jackson making his debut with the award. So job well done, Isaiah.
1: All right, everybody. So now we're going to bring up our Tweet of the Week, and this comes from Scott Agnes. He's actually going to be featured in both our Tweet of the Week and Quote of the Week back-to-back here. So for the Tweet of the Week, last night he posted this. He said, two things I don't understand. Lance, their best option at point guard should start, and in most of his minutes should be when Sabonis is in, or at least a big. Right now, it's Brissett at the five, two-way wing Terry Taylor at the four, and they're playing zone. So, you know, it was interesting because uh, he was talking about, you know, Lance and Sabonis not playing together as much and how they should play together because that's how Lance thrives in this, in this Pacers offense. And so um, someone replied to him and asked him a question, and he said, It's also strange to have a front office enter the locker room post-game and address the team as they have done the last two seasons. Okay, so so we know last year was incredibly disappointing with Nate Bjorkgren as the Pacers head coach and the lack of just connect there between him and the locker room, and we heard about the special treatment. We've talked about all of this kind of stuff before, so that was to no surprise. But then you bring in a veteran coach, Rick Carlisle, a very well-respected assistant head coach and Lloyd Pierce, and then Carlisle's staff is really well respected, and we see the players talking about their relationship with them, but Kevin Pritchard still had to go into the locker room and address them. So I, I, I did some asking on this, and it's not the, the coaching staff is the problem here. It, it appears that there is a lack of leadership, and so I don't want to steal too much of Scott's work here, but in this quote of the week, he talked about this a little bit here in his article on his uh, fieldhousefiles.substack.com, and so um you know it's just one of those things where this this hornets game was such a such a disappointment so here's what um the quote of the week here we're going to just jump right into a little bit of um scott's article here so he said sometimes you need games like this to wake you back up especially coming off the road trip we had um tory craig said this um I think we competed the entire trip and then come home play like this. definitely not ideal. Rick Carlisle arrived late, 48 minutes after the conclusion of the game. Uh, that was also the wait time after their home loss to the Hawks, but that, that was um, more so them talking about having a hard play issue, and they went back and watched the first half of that game. So then this is a quote from Carlisle here. He said, the first half wasn't pretty either. But we did enough things to hang right in there. Things got out of hand in the third and obviously in the fourth. So the second half was very poor. We obviously needed to play a lot better than we did. So Scott goes on here to talk about some leadership stuff and all this. But I think what was most importantly was this right here. So I said, lastly, while the second half debacle went down, I couldn't help but keep tabs on Pacers owner, Herb Simon. He was in his usual seat to the right of the team bench, up the staircase, and in the second row aisle seat. He said next to Pritchard, The other three members of the front office were there, but only Simon remained when the game concluded. In the final minutes, his right elbow was on the armrest and his right cheek rested on his right palm. He was clearly disappointed. So we talked about it. Look, Herb Simon in the building for this game. Unfortunately, it was not a great game at all to to be there and experience. But from from what we heard Herb Simon say, to the media in his little interview that he did with five different media members, basically he just said, I love this little team. Um, changes can't happen, but I want to build on the fly. I don't want to, you know, I want to rebuild on the fly. I don't want to do this all just a complete teardown, like, okay, see Orlando what they're doing right now. So with that being said, I, I think that hopefully for Pacer fans, at least Herb Simon got to see firsthand here, what this team looks like right now and why there's, less than 10,000 fans in the arena and because, you know, Cambridge Fieldhouse is a beautiful renovated fieldhouse. It's, it's a great place to watch a game. I've never been to that arena and not enjoyed myself watching the game, except for the on-court products. So with that being said, I think that there's a lot of things that are telling here, and hopefully that 48-minute delay with the front office having to address the locker room again, I mean, Herb Simon's there. It, it sounds like it's – Something's something's not going right there in Indianapolis. And so I think we need to just keep our eyes glued to our phones in terms of the next couple of weeks to see what kind of moves are made. But I cannot imagine this team looking the same, um, especially come the end of the season. Uh, During the offseason, they're going to have to make changes. But I would be surprised if there's not at least one move made by the trade deadline. So with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break here, and we're going to be right back. The Rookie Report, brought to you by Pizza King. Located at 135 and Fairview Road. Call us at
2: 317-882-0340 to place your order today. Pizza King, a proud sponsor of Setting the Pace. The Rookie Report. Duarte inside scores his first NBA points. Now Duarte, his three is perfect. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it fly, and hits again. Beat him up. Duarte step back three and hits his third.
0: That's a tough three, too. Now, Duarte, another three. Here's a long three. Duarte got it. Tucker thought he had a lightweight.
2: All right. Kicking off the rookie report, we already mentioned Isaiah Jackson taking the setting the pace player of the week honors. Uh, Moving over to some other talented rookies. We have Chris Duarte on the week, averaged 14 points per game. He did it on 41% shooting in three games on the week, and he also uh, he shot 40% from three. So that was something that you were happy to see. Four rebounds per game, just over two assists per game, and one steal per game on the week. Ironically, Duarte's minutes dwindled a bit, as well as his shot attempts did uh, in each game. However, Duarte is doing a ton of fantastic things on the month, such as averaging. Fifteen points per game to go along with forty-six percent shooting, thirty-seven percent from three, and is averaging one point six steals per game. Moving over to another rookie, Dwayne Washington Jr. He had an absolute breakout week. Uh, Dwayne, we've seen the highs and lows of the undrafted rookie. I mean, he averaged ten point six points per game on the week on forty percent shooting. However, thirty-eight percent from three. It just doesn't tell the full story. Because after going scoreless against Phoenix, uh, Dwayne responded with a lights-out performance, going 21 points on 7 of 12 12 shooting from 3, also having 3 assists in a close loss to the Pelicans. Dwayne looked like a true marksman and had great confidence in the game. It was Dwayne's second time scoring 20 or more on the season, and he's shooting nearly 38% from 3 in the month of January. Moving over to another undrafted rookie, Keeper Sykes. The feel-good story himself, he struggled a bit lately after a hot start in January. On the week, Sykes appeared in two games, which was against Phoenix and Charlotte. He averaged six points per game on 30% shooting. Um, he did shoot 40% from three on the week, so there were some positives. While he is a gifted passer, turnovers plagued him on the week as he had seven turnovers to just four assists. The absence of Malcolm Brogdon as well as TJ McConnell has enabled Keeper to remain in the rotation. However, his role as of late has been inconsistent once Malcolm returns to games. Moving over to our last and final rookie on the week, Terry Taylor making his setting the pace. Rookie Report debut, the G League Assassin logged his first game with double digit minutes. He made a count. In the 10 minutes that he played against Charlotte, Terry filled the stat sheet with his first NBA basket, which gave him a stat line of four points on one-of-one shooting, five rebounds, two assists, and zero turnovers. Now, guys, for those of you that have not watched Terry in the G League, this man leads the G League in points per game at roughly... 30 points per game. He's second in rebounding, uh, just under 13. He's first in double-doubles, first in win shares, second in per. Uh, He's shooting 39% from three. He's doing quite a lot. And when you hear rebounding and all that, guys, he's 6'5". He's a shooting guard. So I know it's hard for him to find minutes on the Pacers, but Terry is someone that we might want to be given a, a few more minutes to. That is all for uh, this week's Setting the Pace Rookie Report. I hope you appreciate it and stay tuned for next week's.
1: As we do every week, we close out the show with our feel-good moment of the week. But before we get to that, I want to thank everybody so much for all of your support this week. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed the content. Next week, we're going to have, hopefully, some different guests on it and do a little bit of some trade stuff with other people, trying to get their thoughts and, and maybe talk to some team representatives and in terms of teams that they cover and see if they would be interested in any of the Pacers players. And then maybe we'll try to get an insider or two on to talk about the latest trade rumors. But... If you haven't already make sure you go to apple podcast or spotify and leave us a five-star rating interview and, and i've had some people say i don't have an iphone so i wasn't able to leave a rating interview on apple is it okay if i do a five-star rating on spotify and submit that in for me to through the contest you know what that is a yes you guys can go ahead and do that i don't want to limit it just to apple Podcasts. obviously apple is a little bit easier for us to do because it, uh, it shows more of those ratings and reviews and more people use that kind of podcast. But with that being said, if you've left us a five star rating on Spotify as well, send me a screenshot of that email. It's Alex Golden NBA and we'll enter you into the contest, but we're going to close things out here now with our feel good moment of the week. And this comes from multiple accounts that tweeted the video of Terry Taylor getting his first career NBA points against the Charlotte Hornets. Terry Taylor, um, you know, this is a kid that has been phenomenal in the G League. He's been a terrific rebounder. And, you know, because of his play against the Hornets, and I think also because of the struggles we've seen from Gogo Vitaadze and Isaiah Jackson over the last couple of games, Rick Carlisle gave Terry Taylor a chance to play in this OKC game. He played seven minutes, was four or six from the game, had three uh, five rebounds, excuse me, and eight points, and he was a plus seven on the floor. Look, I'm not saying he should be getting minutes over Isaiah Jackson. Um, I I still would like to see Isaiah Jackson get some playing time. But, you know, I'm excited to see him play. Gogo Batadze went down with an injury, um, did not return to the game in this game against OKC. So there could be a chance for both Terry Taylor and Isaiah Jackson to see the four together. But, you know, they brought in Terry Taylor late in one of the games to secure a rebound. So that just goes to show you what they think about him and what he can be. And so, Terry Taylor, congratulations on scoring your first NBA points. We are super happy for you. And with that being said, everybody... We hope you all have a great weekend. We will be back with our mailbag podcast on Sunday and Monday. And with that being said, let's go Pacers.